0: welcome into the i80 club plus one Woo! josh peterson jack mitchell with you and tonight dirk chatlin joins us Woo! after many many minutes of trying to figure all this discord stuff out we have dirk chatlin with us dirk thank you so much for joining us in the i80 club how are you
1: it is an honor to be on i'm a, a frequent listener uh what what's I don't want to say I'm a first-time caller because because I'm not sure this is a call, but you know what I'm going with that.
2: Yeah, you're a first-time uh, speak-on-stager with us, but I'm excited yes. to hear that you've been. I'm excited to hear you've been listening to the i80 Club. None of our other media friends, Josh, I don't believe. I mean, we've got a few who are kind of in who are in the club, but like the media uh-huh. friends we brought on as guests, they have no interest in this whatsoever. You know what I? You know what I especially like about the i80 Club. It
1: pops up into my uh, Apple podcasts uh, at a time, like usually at a time when there's like nobody else is, is doing yeah. podcasts at that time of the week. Good so, good job, Josh. Uh, good.
2: good job. That's exciting. Yeah, the That's
1: weekend, awesome. you know, nobody's worked on the weekends, you guys. It's just you.
2: It's That's true. true. It's true. Yeah. Saturday mornings. Oh, you don't get to hear the Saturday morning ones. Though. Well, you'll be. Yeah, those now. are for just the we'll patrons. Show you, we'll show you afterwards how now you can hear the Saturday morning ones since you. Uh, okay. yeah, yeah, since you got on here. But how is uh, like uh, retired life or whatever the hell you're in right yeah, now? Yeah, what are you doing? What is going on? <laughs> well, Do you need money? Do you need a, is, Did you come <laughs> here to get a? <laughs> Do loan? we need to Venmo you, Dirk? Do we need to pay. Their, say. To, it, this is not paid. Does it need to be?
1: Is it a, is it weird that I'm I'm self identifying as a Nigerian prince who needs uh,
0: just sending out batch emails to people? <laughs> have a GoFundMe here.
1: <laughs> um. Yeah. It's it's kind of weird. I mean, it's. Uh, I I think it's I, you know I've been out for what two two and a half months now, and uh, it's it's honestly been pretty refreshing and liberating to like. Not have to follow the news cycle on an everyday basis. Uh, yeah. So I'm. I'll be honest. I'm. Uh. You know. I'm doing a lot of a, a lot of kids. Uh. Sports stuff. I'm doing. I'm. Uh. Hopefully reading a little bit more. Uh. I'm doing some some consulting and freelance work. Uh. A lot of this is just kind of buying time until you know the next big thing kind of lands in my lap. Um. I don't feel strangely like a strong urge to. Um uh, you know, either A, jump into anything, or B, like frankly, just like sit down at my keyboard and write. Like it's it's weird. I'm I'm kind of worried about myself because uh Does I don't I don't really you? have that.
2: Does that surprise you that oh, you didn't get that A urge? little bit? I mean
1: we Jack, we joked about this, you know, a couple months ago, how you know I during Nebraska basketball season was was just itching to like you know send newsletters to my family about Nebraska basketball and, right. and the the rea- right. the reality is the reality is that was not true. Uh, I, I just I don't know. It's been nice to not tonight necessarily have to have to say anything. So um, like I said, I hope that comes back. I think that will come back, but it's it's been kind of nice to get away from that.
0: Did you miss it at all though? Like during the end of the college basketball season, especially as. You know, Nebraska played well and then of course Creighton, their their deep run into the tournament.
1: Well, that's a good point. I mean you know, college basketball's probably probably I mean, high school basketball, college basketball, the NBA, it's really the whole sport, but yeah. but that's kind of that's kind of my number one passion. So um so yeah, there have been moments along the way like um, you know, when a Gwicka rope went to the final four and uh when when creighton almost made the final four and you know when Nebraska basketball is is topsy turvy and, and can't literally like they're just begging anybody in college basketball to play point guard for them and and nobody will say yes. I mean yes there are moments along the way but um <laughs> was I too critical there. Uh oh, but geez. but
2: all right that'll but, wrap up uh, the interview. One cheap shot <laughs> see you later Dirk for thanks me. for joining us that's what I that's what I didn't miss. I'll tell you that right I
1: mean now. Jack Jack, let's just get right to the point here. Like you can, you can be the lead guard at a Big Ten program. Okay, you're on. You're playing in front of fifteen thousand people and millions of people on TV. And you know, if you play well, you're you're probably going to be a pro. We we will literally give you the keys to the team here, uh, and, and nobody will take them. Nobody will take the keys, Jack. What the hell is going on with this basketball program?
2: Listen, got another Big Ten starter. That's all you do. Is you just t- poach out a conference. <laughs> obviously, a quality starter, Big Ten starter. Everything's great. Everything's fine. Uh,
1: so, so yeah, it's it's been fun to it's been fun to follow the things that I that I still love to follow. But you know, it's not like I'm out of the loop. I mean, I'm still yeah. living in the same house, and I'm um, and the 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 dark secret to some of the last couple of years is is I was a I was a kind of a co-founder on a golf course project a golf club project uh here west of Omaha and that took a lot of time and energy and kind of passion over the last two or three years. Um so I'm kind of enjoying some of that too. Um you know and like I said I'm 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 coaching seventh grade basketball and I'm I'm doing some projects around the house. So you know it sounds super lame but it doesn't feel like
2: oh I don't have anything to do today. Which
1: you know, makes me wonder what I'm going to be like when I'm actually retired
2: with Dirk without, I mean, without giving any out any you know, detail that you don't want to, but like what, what were you, you know, did you, there is no de- there, there's no detail. No. There, there's uh, no, anything that you, but like, just was it, what was it? Were you burnt out? Were you just, it wasn't, it wasn't fun. You just got a time in the life that you need change. I mean, I think we all understand that too, but like, well, okay. What let's, would you let's, bottom line yeah. Let's okay. Yeah. Let's, let's, Let's talk through this
1: for the purposes of of drawing connections with people who may be going through similar things. Okay, yes. um, I'm in a, I'm in, I'm working for an organization, in an industry that is in decline. Uh, I don't think my work is in decline, or the work of my colleagues is in decline, but the industry and the organization is clearly uh, is clearly in some level of erosion. That that creates some frustration uh that's factor 1 uh factor 2 is you know i've been writing essentially about the same things for 20 years there is a, there's a level of monotony and you know just kind of lack of interest after a while in some of those things um i'm 41 years old uh which is i think just kind of naturally a stage of life where where you start looking around and saying, "Okay, is this what I'm going to do?" You know, for the next ten or twenty years, like, is this this kind of feels like halftime of, of my professional career? And you know, do I do I want to get to the end of this thing and and ha- only have done one thing in my professional life? Um, so that's a factor. Um, you know, the the Nebraska athletics scene is a little bit of a factor where there's just there's not you know th- there's there's not a whole lot of STEM. Stimulation there right now um and and so there's probably some other things i mean i i've got some the the kids part of it is is really is really big i mean i i loved coaching youth basketball the last year and it is so nice to not have to to cover something and and miss coaching my son's team which i which i love to do so um you know it's it's a lot of little things i was probably you know this. This sounds really lame because people, you know, people lay concrete for work and they, they, uh, you know, hold road signs on the highway and stuff like that. But like, it's I, I writing is is hard for me. It's always been hard for me. It always takes a lot of creative energy to do the things that I really want to do and the things that I really value. It, it's not something that that I just like sit down and and comes you know comes quickly. So um, I didn't. You know, I just kind of got tired of of squeezing, squeezing creativity, Um, you know, sometimes to the detriment of of my own self, sometimes to the detriment of my family. You know, it's like, okay, you know, we're going to we're going to write a a 2000 word feature story this weekend. Uh, I'm going to be out of commission for the next two days. You know, sorry, guys. Like, this is just the way it is. And or or, you know, another factor in this, guys, I'll be honest, is. Uh, is the 24th and glory book that we did where like you do, you, you do a project like that, that means a lot to you. And it means a lot to the community and, and, and you're supposed to go back to like daily journalism and writing about press conferences. And it's like, well, that, that doesn't, that doesn't feel right. You know, it's like, it feels like we've kind of graduated beyond that. Um, and so, you know, lots of little different things. It's just, I, I was probably ready two years ago. Um, and and I probably held on a little too long to be honest. Um, you know, I, I wasn't writing as much. I think the the things I was writing, hopefully, were were as good, but but the quantity wasn't the same. And and so I at some point I was like, all right, you know, I'm not I'm not necessarily carrying my weight. Um, this isn't necessarily where I want to be. Um, so I was kind of looking for a way out, and it was it was time. I mean, it was just time. You know, you just you spend twenty years in one place and. I really thought I would do this my whole my whole professional career, uh, and I think you know there's probably a lot of people out there that feel the same way. They reach their you know reach a certain point where they're like, "Oh shoot, like this might not be what I am always going to do." So I'm actually really excited about some some different opportunities, uh, some skills hopefully that I can learn. Uh, I would love to to get better at audio and, and sort of you know learning to tell stories in a different way um sort of exercise different muscles i would love to be more community you know active journalism is a little bit of a detriment or an obstacle in that way because yeah. you know you, you always feel like there's a little bit of a conflict of interest there yep. Yep. um so so you know wanting to wanting to get involved in um in the Gretna community or the omaha community you know in some way and it's it's always like uh i don't know if i can do this i work for the newspaper right um so you know it's just you know you add it up and it's it's probably 10 or 15 different things um, but i i um uh I don't regret it, and I think that Good. you know I, my my storytelling days are not over, but they're probably
0: going to look different than
1: they did before. They're
0: going uh, be to be on Discord now. They're going to be on Discord, baby.
2: Uh, Tonight's the night it all started.
0: <laughs> Dirk, there was a question from Matt. He said, "How much does Nebraska sucking make it less fun to be a reporter?" And I wanted to ask you, I guess, kind of a, along those lines. One of the questions I knew I wanted to ask you tonight was, "Did you find yourself enjoying sports less?" And, and I guess those, I think those questions kind of work together because I think as you gave that first answer about basketball season and kind of some of the stuff you missed right after you left the paper, I was thinking, wow, he definitely does not seem to be someone who dislikes sports at this moment in his career. But I wonder just with the Nebraska athletics scene, if, if you did find yourself maybe not wanting to watch some of the sports that you really like anymore, just because of the team that you had to cover on a daily basis.
1: Well, it's, it's absolutely not personal. Okay. I mean, I, it it has absolutely nothing to do with the personalities involved, but I think we are all sort of kidding ourselves that this is still a big deal or that this still merits the attention that it, that it once merited. Um, So, you know, yes, it's, it was a factor because, because I just, at some point you like shake yourself and you're like, guys, this is a, Freaking terrible college football program right now yeah. and why are there 70 people at a football practice like this is stupid right um and you always kind of it, it always feels like you have to kind of put up a, a a smoke screen and and <laughs> tell your audience that it's a big deal when in fact it's not really a big deal sometimes right um so that's a little bit of a factor i think um you know i think Let's see. How do I say this? When you when you reach a certain um, prominence, maybe that's not the right word, uh, but you feel like you feel a sort of an inner expectation to write things that are really insightful or interesting or fresh or compelling. And when you when you when you have to fake that interest it it comes with a level of like, I don't know, almost like sh- get guilt or shame or certainly self-consciousness where it's like, I mean, guys, I remember driving to the North Dakota game last year and being like, you know, what the hell am I going to write about North Dakota, Nebraska? And yet you feel like you need to say something interesting about this because people are going to read what you say, you know, and I'm sure it's the same thing with your audiences and in, in radio and podcasting, but it's like, sometimes part of this is the nature of the sport where it's like, there's only 12 of these, uh, sample sizes each year. And, uh, you know, so, so just by nature, they're, they're supposed to mean something, but sometimes they're not very interesting. Like Nebraska lost to Purdue, uh, you know, on the road and sometimes you're just like yeah it was a fun game to watch but it's like this is not a good football program it's not going to be a good football program uh you know mickey joseph is not the answer like they're going to have to start over and thus the next 6 weeks we're all sort of telling ourselves that it's fascinating and it's it's really not so if it sounds like i'm burned out that's probably a little bit the case um but i think I think it's 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 just a little bit of where there's a lot of different variables here that, that sort of create a, a situation where where it's overload, um, and and I think it's you know geographic isolation. I think it's obviously the history of the program, um, and it's it's just the fact that Nebraska's had a very 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 tough run, you know, for a very long time, um, and so. I don't know. I think when you're doing the same thing over and over and over, uh, you just kind of get to the point where you're like, I don't really have anything fresh to say about this. And and it's kind of liberating to not have to fake it.
2: I, I would think at some point, though, you know, whether it's this fall. It, or- it, it, am, am, am I sounding like I'm deep in midlife crisis here? Because I'm actually not. Yeah, I just, are, <laughs> well, well, I mean, I think we all are, though, a little bit. I think a lot of people listening are. I think... I mean, I can say my, you know, there's a lot you're saying that resonates with me. So, I don't.
0: Well, really. and I know Dirk for me too. I was also thinking, like, man, how much of this was exasperated by the pandemic?
1: Eh, I don't think it was a huge factor. Eh, not a huge. Um, factor. no, I mean, I, I don't mean to sound callous awesome about kidding. that. I'm just uh, b- But, yeah. but, but personally, personally, that wasn't a huge deal. I mean, gosh, it's kind of hilarious, but. You know, sports writers sort of live in, have lived in quarantine forever. Uh, you know, we, we work from our dining room tables and, and we go to, you know, we might go to a practice or an event, but we're basically working solitarily. Um, yeah. And you know what? That was a factor in this too, because uh, I probably, I probably lost. It, it is writing is a very solitary experience. Um it is a, you know, sports writers especially, they're working weird hours. They're working nights. Uh, so they're not typically in the newsroom. They're usually working from home. And so, you know, a lot of that work in front of the keyboard is done just just you alone. And, and I probably, you know, I, I didn't do a very good job of building sort of a social net- network of people. I mean, aside from online and Twitter and all that. But like actually going to lunch with people and like building, you know, work friendships and things like that, you don't really do that very well uh, in the sports writing field because so much of what you're doing is is by yourself at the dining room table at you know two o'clock in the afternoon or whatever. Um, so I, I think I, I had some regrets about that and and kind of felt like okay, I need to I need to remedy this. Like uh, I've got some friends that I've lost touch with and haven't haven't done a very good job of. You know, I think everybody's kind of going through the same thing in that regard where where you don't you don't necessarily have the face to face connections with people that we might we might have 20 years ago. And so uh, that was a little bit, too, is it's like I got to I got to do a better job of actually uh, being a good friend, being a good, you know, family member. And and part of that is, is is probably aided by by a change in profession.
2: Have you had a moment yet where you're watching, and maybe you haven't had it and you'll have it later, but have you had a moment where you <laughs> watch watching a game that you typically would have to have a take on or typically have to write about or have something, uh, and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't have to, I don't have to say anything about this afterwards publicly. And And what's that experience been like, or what do you expect it to be like when that comes, maybe during the fall, this coming fall?
1: Yeah, so this fall will be interesting, right? So last fall, after basically the Oklahoma game, I asked, um, I requested not to cover Nebraska football games anymore. Um, and and I would still write sort of road columns or I would help out in some ways, but I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, covering it like I was before. Um, and that, that was again, just partly because I was, I was kind of burned out on it. Um, but, but to your point, Jack, it's funny. Cause like, uh, my daughter and I went out of town, um, for like three days right before the spring game, and we're we're coming back. We're traveling back home on the the day of the spring game, and it's like, man, this is so awesome. I have no idea what's happening in the spring game. <laughs> I don't need to know what's happening in the spring game. I don't have to care about Frank Solich coming back to Memorial <laughs> Stadium, like, and and none of these things. Like, I realize, trust me, I realize how stupid this sounds, like hey man, you know, like go to work, do your job. Like people want to hear what you say. That's, that's a, that's a good thing, not a bad thing. But, but you do just kind of reach a point, uh, where it's, it's nice not have to feel like you have to have a take on something. Right. Um, and I hope, I hope people understand at least that part of it. Uh, you know, I know we're dealing with, with the sickos here who, uh, you know, our audience and, and certainly ourselves, um, we're, we're, we're interested, you know, we're connected because of our shared interest in, in a subject matter. Um, so, you know, and I still have that, but it is, it is nice to not feel like you have to have something fresh to say. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and and I'll be honest, you guys, I don't know how you do it because you're doing it every single day um, and you're doing it, you know, you're doing it in such a way that, um, not only has to be insightful but has to be entertaining and engaging and also has to keep an audience's attention for like a fairly long time. Uh that's not an easy thing to do in this in sort of this climate of, of repetition, especially when it comes to Nebraska football. So uh props to you. I, I recognize very wholeheartedly that you you have a harder job than I do. Well, thank
2: you, Dirk. No one's ever uh, said I, that to us. That's incredible. yeah. That's very. That's oh, like
0: one of the oh, nicest things. Yeah. Wow. It is a
2: hey, hard job. Let me
1: job. ask. Yeah. Hey, let me ask. Let me ask you guys because okay. I do kind of. I, I do kind of feel like. I do kind of feel like I'm on an island in some ways, um, and I'm curious how much of this resonates with you, uh, if it's if it's a symptom of the industry and the culture and the program that we have followed since we were very young children. Uh, and it's sort of its erosion or decline, and how much of it might be specific to me. I'm curious.
0: Jack, do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Go for, go ahead. jerk, man, what you're saying is really it's resonating with me a lot. Um, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about was the – because you and I shared a lot of messages during the 2021 season when I, I felt like I was kind of on an island a lot with – with being so public um, on on how Frost was doing a poor job at Nebraska, and, and we, obviously you know you were you were on an island a lot throughout the Bo Pelini era, and one of the things that I know I have thought of now in the months that followed, and I think I've really only verbalized this with my fiance and my therapist, is like I, I I'm worried that my best work is behind me because. I thought that I nailed the Frost era better than, I mean, honestly, I think I was the best in our market on what, on the content that John and I did on a day-to-day basis. And so, like, I have this fear that I will never be as good as I have been the last five years because, I mean, it was a confluence of circumstances of the golden boy. And so I, I do think that there were people that were afraid to kind of say what it was that I kind of noticed something maybe earlier than most, whatever it was. And I, I don't want me to make it out to be like, I have this huge head about it, but I, I'm just a, kind of afraid. And so when I'm hearing you say all these things, I'm like, shit, man, like I am, I, I, I do have a lot of these same feelings. And there are times where I go into work and I'm like, I can't, I, I, I can't imagine that I have to have an opinion on X, Y, or Z, but I'm going to have to figure out how to do it for four hours. And I mean, the program has been so bad now for so long. And you know, yet, like you said, we have all these sickos in here and I know that I can be that way with a lot of other things in life. And so I appreciate them while also being, I don't know, I'm a little worried that I'm not gonna be able to to do as good as I have been able to do over the last few years.
1: Yeah, I know it's it's like being, you know, it's literally being handed a microphone and and you know, being instructed to say something interesting, and you're you're terrified that you might not have anything interesting to say, you know? Yeah. Um and so I think, you know, it's sort of like if you had to give a, a best man speech at a wedding where you barely know the guy that you're talking about. You know, it's like it's like this is this is not good. Um I I think I would just be honest with you in telling you, Josh, that first of all, if it continues on the trend that it is, you will lose interest in it. Uh you will not have the same passion for it. I mean, I I would put my work in the last five years of um, you know, I, I, am very proud of that. Yeah. Um, on a, on a week to week day to day basis. And, And so I was really fortunate in probably my last five years of the paper where I sort of, I got away from the day to day Husker football stuff and I became much more project oriented. So that was sort of the, the focus of my passion. I was, you know, I was I was writing like forty thousand word you know ten part series on Danny <laughs> Danny Nee and Ian, Tom Crop like you know yeah that was that was not normal right like that's and, and kudos to the World of Herald for letting me go off on those tangents um, but I found a different way to be creative uh, it wasn't in the same way that I was during the during the Pointy era um, and so I would encourage you. You know, to to not try to replicate it, uh, or feel like you have to gin up the same amount of passion, uh, I think I would encourage you to look for other ways to channel it. Um and, and, and just be honest with yourself that like, hey, there are seasons of life and like the things that you really care about at age twenty eight to thirty three are not necessarily the things that you really care about from thirty eight to forty three, you know? Yep. Um so, so I wouldn't try to fake it. I would try to be honest with yourself and, and, and sort of you know, grow from it as opposed to trying to, to, to replicate what you did before. Hey, well, one last thought, and Jack, I'm really interested in what you say about the same topic. Okay. But none of my wanting to get away had anything to do with criticism or toxic really, Twitter man. Or no, it didn't. It's so weird. Like, I just got used to that stuff. I didn't, I did not, (laughs) I think I just became so accustomed to that part of it that, like, I just, it was, it was fine. Like, I didn't care about any of that. Um, And, you know, I think some of that was, you know, you just kind of, your skin thickens over time. Uh, Josh, hasn't. I really mine admi- hasn't though. Mine I hasn't. I know it hasn't. Well, I and, and I, Josh, I really admire how you how you handled the frost stuff. Um, and and I I tried to you know tried to help you through that as much as possible. My lack of um, you know, hard hitting journalism for the frost era was not because I was trying to go soft. It was just it was more a symptom of like man. I'm just not very interested in this, you know, um, if this isn't going to work, like that was kind of the final story. Like, and I'm not saying rule is boring. I think it's, I think this could be a lot of fun. Uh, but, but it just felt like such a letdown that I just by about the third year of frost, it was like, okay, this, this does not hold my interest enough to like be, uh, be waving the pitchforks. Hmm.
2: That's interesting.
0: Interesting. And I would say in a way that kind of, that's almost somebody just, just referenced holding up a mirror to yourself. And I think that that in a way he was kind of doing the same thing where I think he kind of checked out emotionally when it didn't start going well for him. Uh, so I don't know. I, I find that kind of interesting that maybe you both did, did it to, to different degrees, obviously. Absolutely. And I was, I was so wrong about frost. I, yep.
1: I remember same. thinking, I remember thinking he's either going to win or, or he's going to kill himself trying, uh, and man, I could not have been more wrong about that. Uh, and I, I, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I don't think the media did a very good job of, of sort of, I don't know. <laughs> how,
2: did the, how did that happen? Sort of, what happened? It, I mean, just, everybody knew just, everything, it, right? Yeah.
1: Well, I, I don't mean so much the detail. I mean more like the psychology of, like, what the hell actually happened, you know. I don't think – the media moved on so fast, and Nebraska was motivated to move on. I mean, they named a successor, and they were playing Oklahoma next week, and, you know, suddenly it's the Mickey Joseph show, and, you know, nobody down there wanted to reflect at all. I remember, uh, you know, having an hour conversation with Trev Alberts at Big Red Breakfast, like, two weeks later, and I, like, I really wanted to talk about Scott. You know, it's like, hey, Trev, we should probably like reflect on what happened here, uh, so so the same mistakes aren't made. Uh, and and you know he he wasn't real interested in that because they were they were trying to you know get to the next day and hire a football coach. But, but we just we have a tendency with this program especially to not do a very good job of looking back. Um, yep. And I think I think there's still I'm not saying there's like great news value to it but i think there would be sort of psychological value of um,
0: closure mental-
1: yes yes to like to to actually go back and and uh and frankly i think it would probably be good for scott too you know to like hey uh let's let's meet uh let's meet at village inn on on o street and spend a couple hours just going through what happened because you know, I think I think everybody is is going to be scarred from that experience for quite a while.
2: The interesting thing, too, though, is, it, you know, you talk about it not being talked about much, but I, I don't know about then. But now there's so much interest in that. Like you bring it up. We talk we talk about it on here. People want to hear about trying. I don't know what it is. There's like this. There's sort of this tendency to rip him. But there's also this tendency to really be like, what? What in the heck actually happened? Like, that is a really deep interest, I think, for a lot of people in this fan base still to this day. Yeah, Dirk,
0: Uh, we did an unrecorded pod like two weeks ago. And I think, Jack, what did we do? Talk about the Frost Era
2: for like a half hour. mm -hmm. I mean, it's just so fascinating. People just are, I mean, people, and I kind of do too. I kind of get it. I don't, I can't quite define it, but like, I really want to know. It's just so, it's when something completely unexplainable happens, right? It's like, like a, this is a, terrible analogy but like a, a just a real heinous crime happens like you want to know you're super interested in figuring out what was the motive why could something like that could have happened that's kind of i think how people feel about whatever yes. went down during that time yeah yeah my and 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 i don't i don't know uh
1: and i've always i've always felt like i was a better journalist when i wasn't part of the gossip mill so i was more i was more honest i was more able to uh, I think a lot of journalists suffer from getting too close to a situation and, and then they can't speak truth so I always you know sort of took the approach that uh, I'm gonna cost myself you know some some news stories along the way but i'm gonna i'm gonna do so in a way that allows me to be uh, fairly level-headed about what's going on and i I probably didn't do a very good job in the frost era of of being connected enough because I still I guess I sort of just felt like he would eventually figure it out uh my in 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 looking back uh and again like guys this sounds crazy but i know you can relate to it like there's some serious like kind of personal uh it just the frost era like kind of changed the way that it sort of changed the story that i told myself about the program like that's why it was so jarring right Mm -hmm. it's like it just, it felt like, it kind of felt like the whole thing was a fraud in some ways or like a lie that we were telling ourselves. Like,
2: and I, I, I don't, I haven't articulated that very well. well you know, the, uh, but it, I, jerk, just, just, like, I, I could, I think that's part of the reason people want it explained so badly. Like, they want, to believe that it wasn't like we weren't sold a false false bill of goods in 1997 and we weren't sold a false good of bills in 2018 something something developed something happened over that time I think that's part yeah. of yeah honestly you know but but my my thesis statement on Scott
1: and this has been true since I don't know probably a year maybe a year now uh maybe longer where I felt like there was a there was a fight or flight mechanism in his brain where he thought it was going to be easy. Everybody had told him it was going to be easy. Everything that he had done as a head coach had been easy. And he got into a situation where he was like, he found himself in a, in a really messy spot. And, and there was like, he could either fight through it or he could flee. Um, And, and I think he fled because he didn't feel like he could figure it out. So I think he disengaged in the same way that you might, if you were, you know, had an employer that you didn't get you know, didn't see a future in or, or a relationship or, you know, some, in some ways you might compare it to like how kids check out of school uh, or college or whatever. But it was like, he, he could have either you know, grinded through it and tried to find solutions or, or he could basically say, man, I'm going to, I can't do it. I'm going to kill myself if I try. Uh, and he just, he just checked out. And I, man, I got, I got that so wrong. Like I I can't believe how wrong I was about that. Uh, but, but that's, that's basically what he did. I think.
2: Yeah. Um, Josh, you got anything? Well, I was going to do you want to answer the question that he asked earlier, Jack? Oh, I don't know if anybody wants to hear uh, about me. What I, I want to hear it. What what was your what was your question? I kind of forgot what we were talking well, about. Well, just
1: about just just sort of the the uh, you could call it burnout, you could call it the uh, sort of the the sense of uh, of feeling like you have to say something when you don't have something to say, or find something oh, interesting. Yeah. It, it's a strange predi- it's a strange predicament when when people are looking at you <laughs> uh, because you literally have a microphone in front of your face uh, to, to sort of put their thoughts into words. And you, I guess, are just a little tired of that, you know? Uh, um, yeah. And that's, that's not exactly what I said before, but, but it's, it's a new spin on it. I'm, I'm curious, curious how you felt about that.
2: Um. To the extent I feel that it is, um, it, 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 it it's usually about, for me, and, and and I broke in and I said something to you when you were, like you were talking about how the criticism and none of that even affected you, and um, which is incredible because it still does, I mean, for me, it's not been a short time. I've been in this 17 years um, and I still think about it. Like when it comes up, I can't stop thinking about it. And there have always been – I've had bosses who have said to me, you know, at the very beginning earlier, you're, you're going to grow a thick skin. You're going to get a thick skin. And I haven't. I, I mean, I think in some ways maybe the the direct reaction is. But just mentally, I have not with all of that. And I am burnt out on obsession of what other people think of me, which I have acquired during um, the tenure of, of this job is just – And, and it kind of bleeds into all sections for me, or I don't know if it does for other people, but for me, it kind of, it bleeds into other parts of my life and just constantly, man, just spending way too much time thinking, overthinking. And it, it just kind of started, I think, with some of the things I do, uh, with work. And I think you kind of have to do right. Like it is, I've taken on this role in radio where, um, for people who don't know, um, you know my biggest goal is to be liked by the biggest number of people that's really probably sums up what what my which is different than what a lot of people try to do on the radio but that's kind of what i try to do um and that eventually thinking about that all the time just having a break from wondering what or worrying about what people are thinking about you for me would be the biggest portion it wouldn't be so much you know, what you're talking about, like needing to have something to say, because I kind of have the flexibility, unlike what you did, is like I've got the flexibility, especially with my show, probably even more so than Josh's. Like I want to talk about that I, you know, I mowed the lawn last night and uh, my grass is looking like crap and that's what I got on my mind. That's what I talk about the first segment of the morning. Um, I, almo- I mean, I always am – generally at least poor a portion of it. Now there are a few times where I've got to give opinions on things I don't want to. And I'm trying to walk that line of being well-liked and being true to myself, which is also probably another factor on this is, um, and this, it, it, when you, Dirk said the thing about, you know, kind of being involved in the community more, I knew that exactly. I knew what you were talking about because yeah, I would, <laughs> and I flirt with some of the things I say, uh, and do but yeah, there's there's a lot that I hold back from um, because I want to maintain the image of being well liked of getting my Q rating really high. and th- so I don't do some of those things because there'd be some people would be pissed off by what I would probably do. so that that part of it really kind of resonated with me. so it's it's a little bit different for me, I think, but I you know generally I um, I also, I think I hear a lot of similarities too, kind of in the, the part of life and the family situation and everything that goes along with that. Now, thing is I get to spend more time with my family really because of my job. I'm the, I am the, uh, I'm the person at home for the most part. <laughs> I make the meals. I do, I do all the stuff at home. Um, and so that's also been kind of a good part of it for me, which my kids are, I got a kid who's graduating high school now and I got a. A daughter who's uh, going to be 13, so that's becoming a little less important too. Needing to be all around, so I don't know if that answers yeah. your question, but yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, and I, I, I've always probably taken
1: a little bit of joy in in rebellion. Uh, so <laughs> pissing pe- pissing people off was always a little bit of like I don't know that that uh that activated me, and, and I wasn't trying to do it, but it. I sometimes I, I wrote what I felt because I didn't really care what the consequences of it were. So um you know. It's what the odd part of this, you guys, is like I can't guarantee that if Nebraska goes let's if Nebraska like goes ten and two two years from now and people are just talking about this thing like it's uh you know like it's something they've never seen before and it's it's bob devaney 1962 again like i i might jump back in and be like hell yeah let's do this right <laughs> like like i like i want to i, I want to have a voice i want to i want to talk i want to say something uh i want to tell stories um i can't guarantee that i wouldn't do that despite all of the other factors involved because I think it would be so creatively stimulating. Yeah. If that hap- if that happens, I mean, my, my boss and I talked about this all the time. My, my former boss, uh, you know, we, we would say, man, we, we really had a good sports section. We had a good, you know, we had a really good like group of writers and, and it's just, it sucks that we never got to cover like yeah. sort of a great, a great, great team. Right. Um, and, and not that it's all Nebraska football oriented. I mean, I, in some ways I would prefer a great Nebraska basketball season. Uh, but, but I think it is, that is, that is a part of this that is a little bit hard for me personally to define because I think if they got good, it would be so fresh and new and fun that, that man, that might push me back to the keyboard and say, I want to write about this, you know?
0: Yeah. Dirk. I mean, you think about like the generation of people now that are covering the team, like there are still some of the old guard, you know, Chatelet and Sipple are still around. And I mean, God, Sean Cowan has been covering the team for over two decades, but like I I've, I've covered them as a host of a show for nine seasons. I've covered two winning years. You know, it's wild to think about that. John and I, our last winning season we covered together was 2016. It's like, I would love to see the type of creativity that we could do. And then I think about, you know, Happard, you know, started with the zone a year and a half ago. Like he, in his time in the media, has not really gotten to cover a good Nebraska ball or Nebraska, but I mean, basketball, but football team. And you, I mean, go on down then into the writers and the websites. And it's just like, none of us have really had a chance to do it. Or if we have, it's now so long ago that I think we have all forgotten. And, and so I'm, I'm, I, I think you're spot on. Like, a 10 and two season would just be wild especially in the 12 team playoff era like the discussions we could have in november it would i mean going to work every day would just oh it'd be so invigorating it'd be a blast yeah no that's exactly right and i
1: uh it, it's just kind of been <laughs> i've never thought of what i'm about to say but it's it's sort of like the slow erosion of of the newspaper industry, where it's like it's just it's kind of just been this like slow, steady thing that um, that maybe you don't see it on a day to day, year to year basis, but you look at it over the course of ten years, and it's like, damn, Nebraska football was really good like fifteen years ago, twelve years ago, whatever. Uh, and and you look at it now, and you're like, they they can't beat illinois they can't beat purdue like this uh and and you don't see it necessarily you're, you're too close to it to see it on a day-to-day basis uh but if you pull back and look at the big picture you you really see it so um i don't know it's it, it's uh i really hope we get to that point where people are talking where people just can't they can't wait to talk about it with their friends again because I don't, I feel like it's sort of the opposite right now where it's like in credit to credit to you guys and your audience. And I, I realize, you know, I still like talking about it. It's not that I don't, but, but it doesn't like, there's not just this like a adrenaline rush from talking about it, you know, yeah. or, or writing about it. I mean, I used to we sit got
2: down. We, got, we all got that.
1: Yeah. We got that too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, guys, I used to write like, I remember in two thousand nine when Nebraska went on their run and uh they were they were like running this they were running this like new formation of of two backs, two tight ends, one receiver. And I did this like big deep dive study into like you know Nebraska's new offense with this formation and, and it was like that's the type of stuff, that's the creativity that comes from being you know, from witnessing success, from from being creatively stimulated. Um, And I just don't feel like there's much creative stimulation right now. I I feel like everybody's kind of forcing it out of obligation.
2: Dirk, one of the things I always, (laughs) you talk about how difficult that became in, in the end and the slow erosion and just the constant sadness on sadness. Like one thing I always looked forward to is just hearing you express just how bad it was (laughs) because that for whatever reason, I felt seen when I, when I had you do that. But I remember texting with you uh, after the, t- what, 2016 Ohio state game, Mike Riley's last season. Um, and they had just gotten murdered. And I was actually out oh, in, God. I was out in Michigan. I was in on like fall break and I, I watched that game and I regretted watching any of it. And I don't know how we started texting or if you texted me or what, but you were, you were working on a column. And I remember texting you when we were talking just back and forth about all these things about, Oh my goodness, this is bad the rock bottom. This is terrible. And you wrote a column that next Sunday, I think uh, about that or later that week, just about just how bad and how cursed things were. And I can't even remember what the, you had some, some theory on the story. I can't remember what it was exactly. That kind of came from the conversation that we had. And I remember thinking about that conversation. I was like, ah, this is, this is it. This is like really hit a, a level that we never thought we would be at. Dirk, it went straight down for seven years after you oh, after, sure. after you and I had that conversation. Like, I thought that was the the ultimate time that you were going to write about it. And that was the ultimate statement. That was just first in a series of about 15 pieces like that that you had to write. Yeah. You
1: know what? I, that's so funny you say that because there, there's been many moments in the last two or three years where I, like, actually had to, like, Google search or library search like previous columns because I felt like I was writing something that I had written before, you know. And it's like, oh crap. Like this this is not a good sign. Like this is, you know, probably a reflection of my middle-aged memory, but I was like, I was turning into Rick Riley, you know. It was like yeah. I was I was like ripping I felt like I was ripping off my old columns, you know. And it was like, whoa. Uh this is not good when I feel like I've written the same thing this many times and and that was That was a small factor in this uh, in this whole thing, too.
0: Dirk, for the for the longest time, people would talk to you and they would I mean, people still do it. They still bring up Bo. They bring up the Ohio State press conference. They bring up the audio tape. Like how has has that been for you in the I mean, he has not been Nebraska's coach for what, nine years this fall? um the audio tape was recorded now over a decade ago the column that week that that you know begat the audio tape was you know 11 or 12 years ago this fall and yet like I mean when we said we were going to have you on there were multiple references to Bo Pelini and I know that people friends of mine whenever you come up or like hey what's Dirk doing Bo Pelini will always follow that like what has that been like for you given again it's been over a decade now that that all of that stuff you know unfolded, and many many coaches have come through Lincoln since.
1: I don't know. I mean, it's I certainly have like a, I certainly have bittersweet feelings about it. It's not something that I like want to be identified with, um, yeah. but it's but I also I also was really proud of. Said earlier, I was really proud of during that time. Um, you know, the, the the thing that people never understood about that whole deal and I think Bo would tell you the same thing I know Keith Man would tell you the same thing is that the Bo and I got along pretty well like 95 percent of the time like I, I would you know it's it's un, it's unusual for for a single reporter to to pull a head coach aside after a practice or or a press conference and and take five additional minutes with the head coach, you know, because the head coach is just given thirty minutes to the whole media group, and and I would do that with Bo all the time, and he was fine. Like he, we were good. Um, I remember the 2010 Texas a and game. He stormed off the field. A fan ran into him. It was it was you know the biggest screw job i've ever seen against nebraska it was you know 16 penalties to two or whatever and taylor martinez is on the sideline and talking on the talking on his cell phone to his dad in the locker room and like just crazy stuff right and after the game uh you know i i walked like 100 yards with Bo and we were just like i was kind of stunned by what had happened and so there were always like these flare ups, like these public flare ups, and I always felt a responsibility to ask him the questions that people wanted asked, but it usually didn't really last. Like it was like, okay, he was really pissed. And then, you know, and then a week later he was over it. Uh, I think like a lot of people with those personalities, you know, he would get really upset and then he would he would kind of forget about it before you forgot about it, which was weird. Um and and so I think that was the part that people didn't really understand is that we actually had a pretty healthy professional relationship. Um, that said, I didn't really like, <laughs> I didn't like the way that he treated people. Uh, and he probably didn't like, you know, some of the things that I wrote. Uh, um, I, but I, I felt like it was more perception than it was truth. Um, and, and I think the, you know sort of being the being the person who wrote about his his diatribe at Lincoln North Star you know 2 weeks after he got fired i felt like that was that probably didn't help the 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 legacy of the whole you know people felt like i was sort of responsible for it and and that wasn't i don't take pride in that i actually found the whole situation really 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 fascinating because i certainly saw his strengths um from a motivational standpoint. Uh, I thought some of his core values were, were really good. Um, but at the same time, he had these kind of fatal flaws. And and that was the part that I, you know, I, his defenders really never came to grips with the fatal flaws. And so I found him to be this fascinating personality uh, that at the same time, he was a very kind of simple person, like maybe overly simple uh, I didn't feel like there was a lot of nuance in his world, and and so it made him, it made him, I think, tough to deal with. But it also made him really interesting to try to analyze and evaluate. So, um, you know, the last time that I wrote about him was I went to Youngstown, Ohio, in the summer of two thousand. Bill Shields and Tinglehoffs uh, Hall of Fame induction. World Herald was covering that because two Huskers were going into the Hall of Fame and and Youngstown was an hour away and so I drove over to Youngstown uh, and just sort of unannounced I I walked onto the practice field at Youngstown State where Bo was a first year head coach and man, man he just he looked like he'd seen a ghost you know he's like looking at me like what are you doing here
0: uh,
1: and it, it was one of those things where like you, you have to if you're going to go to Youngstown Ohio you at least have to try to talk to him that's like journalistic obligation so uh i wrote a story about him that was that was actually really complimentary i mean he didn't have a good run there but at that time there was a lot of hope around him coming back home uh sort of similar a, a foreshadowing of maybe frost doing the same thing at a much larger level at, at nebraska uh and and i wrote a i wrote a story about sort of the decline of youngstown and the hope around beau bringing it back and um, but that's, I think that's the last time that I saw him in person. And that was, you know, that was eight, eight years ago.
2: Huh? Hey, has, uh, has, has, has the last few months. And again, this kind of, this is like kind of like a question I asked before, but I know you got, you got kids who are into sports, you got son, uh, uh, you know, at least son who's playing basketball. Like, are, is it more fun to watch sports with your kids? Are you looking forward to that? Mm-hmm. Is that a thing you didn't get to do in a way that you'd like to? Well, we watch a
1: lot of sports together. Uh, we're, you know, we watch a lot of professional sports together, and that's
2: true. You know, I don't
1: yeah. want to make it. I want to make it sound like I was working all the time and couldn't spend time with my kids because okay, you know that, you that, were, that wasn't
2: stuff that you were covering then. <clears throat> stuff that, you
1: were yeah, running. yeah. So I, I, think I think the the best example of that is is obviously Nebraska football, and um, I. I, I have, you know, I wish I would have gone to more games with with my kids, uh, and didn't really get an opportunity to do that. I remember Chattel telling a story. You know, Chattel went he went to like he was at, in Omaha for like fifteen or twenty years before he ever sat in the stands for a game, which is mind blowing. Uh but it's a little bit of a reflection of, you know, just the what you do week to week in the job. Um and I think in some ways, you know. Journalists need to be out in the stands. Sometimes uh, you get a better appreciation for for how people feel, um, and I, you know, t- Tom is very well connected, so that was never a problem with him. But back to the point. But the 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 biggest takeaway that I have, you know, which I think is similar to what you guys have observed, is that five years ago, six, seven years ago, my son who is uh, very similar to me in many ways he was he was totally locked in you know he was all in he was he was watching it you know quarter by quarter minute by minute and and he's now thirteen years old and i don't think he really cares that much uh and it's been really really fascinating you know i look at i I was thirteen years old in nineteen ninety four when Nebraska won. You know, it's first national championship in a generation. And my son is now 13 years old and he doesn't follow it. He doesn't really care. Uh, He did, like I said, five, seven years ago. He doesn't anymore. And that, that is such an interesting uh, juxtaposition with, with my personal experience. I mean, those were my formative years. Nebraska won a national championship when I was 13, 14 and 16 years old. Like, wow. Can you imagine, you know, and Jack, you know, you're the same way. I mean, it's, it's that those were the golden era, you know, those were the golden years, not just for the program, but they were the golden years for me going through it because at that age, nothing in your life is more important than your favorite team. Um, you have no other responsibilities. You have no other distractions. I mean, I was, I was all in. I mean, I, I, owe. and again, I've, I've reflected on this in years since, but but I I owe a lot of what I became professionally, for better or worse, uh, to the fact that Nebraska was as good as they were at the ages, you know, that I was when it happened. Um, because it just meant so much to me. It meant so much to me, and it wasn't it wasn't just football. It was basketball too. Um, you know, that was obviously sort of the golden era of, of Husker basketball too, in many ways. So. Um, it's been, it's been sort of awe, inspiring or alarming or however you want to describe it to, to watch my son at that exact same age. Who's also an absolute sports nut. Uh, and yet he's, he's almost completely disengaged from Husker football. And man, if that doesn't get you thinking about what this thing looks like 10 or 20 years down the road, uh, I don't know what,
2: what, what illustration would. Yeah, well, I'll just throw in, before I throw back to Josh, I, you know, my son doesn't have friends to watch games with. He's, I mean, he's still, he's held on, you know, he's he's my son, and so uh, he has, but he doesn't have a peer, doesn't have a peer group or a single peer to talk to about it, the games or to watch the games with him. Or even talk and text about him afterwards. He doesn't have that person. That was literally 100% of my friends. When I was growing, it up, was every single boys, not an Boys, girls, all of them, everyone, everyone. That's I mean that. In addition to what Dirk said, that's the other thing. Um, just just hearing hearing that from him, and I'm like, man, it's uh, it's really different, and it's going to continue every year that goes by. That's going to have a sort of a retroactive effect on this program. And you know, and you know what, Trev Alberts gets that. He yes.
1: understands that he totally he sees it in a way that I think you know very few people have seen it that have been around the program or been in charge uh, doing something about it or solving it is is different than than recognizing it though um, and you know again I'll go back to hope here because I think <laughs> sometimes just one more tangent sometimes I'll tell my son like. Hey, you know what you're watching with Alabama and Georgia? That was, (laughs) that was, that was Nebraska. Like, can you, can you, can you imagine son that that was Nebraska? It was, I promise you that it was. Uh, But, but, but my hope, my genuine hope as a, you know, as just a, a person who lives here as a person with a vested interest in, um, you know, in in the joy and happiness and success of of friends and family and you know everybody else is is my hope is that it will come back and it will stir this incredible sense of nostalgia with people our age, okay, Jack, and at the same time, in, at the same time, uh, stir this just you know this newfound like something discovering a million dollars in your backyard uh you know from from people half our age uh and even people Josh's age to be honest because you know it, there's a there's a dividing line uh for people probably 25 30 years old uh I get so sad when I hear people say oh man I remember the 2009 you know big 12 champion what a what a great se- team that was what a great season it's like it's like no no don't do that. You, like, you have no idea, you know, if, if you don't, if you don't remember where you were, uh, in, in 1997 or 1995 or 1992, you know, when Nebraska beat Colorado, if you don't have vivid memories of those games, you don't get it. You don't get it. And I'm so like, I'm so excited to think of the possibility Of people experiencing that for the first time, Jack. Like, can you imagine the the shit that we saw? You know, people people are going to experience that for the first time someday. Yeah, and like, it's oh my gosh! I'm just I'm so excited for people. It'll it'll be great for us. It will be.
2: I think about it will all be, that time of yeah. and, uh, exactly what you're saying. I think about other people experiencing it and how freaking excited I am for people who didn't experience it.
1: It will be great for us. It will be far greater for people half our age. What? Like it'll just yes. be it'll be o- over over the moon enjoyable.
2: Just watching them will be how I'll spend that, I hope.
0: Yeah, I and know. I know, Dirk, yep. you would feel that way about me and the Dallas Cowboys. I haven't had a chance to
2: experience it. <laughs> so let's let's oh, let's God. let me experience
0: that. Right. So I can know what it feels like. Oh,
1: God. <laughs> oh Josh, you, you had to go there and ruin the whole
0: moment. Jack,
1: <laughs> oh. Jack and I were like, we, we were we were having like a hug. Yep. We were oh, having yeah. a hug. Tears were being phone. shed. And, yep. then, you, and the then
0: you had to ruin it. it. And it, ruins it. It's hey, sad. Dirk, uh, we, we've kept you past time so if you got to go let us know i did want to ask you like an industry question uh you talked about the newspaper stuff you know multiple times throughout this what what do you like about the current media landscape and it can be local or national but specifically let's just stick with sports stuff and what do you dislike the most about the industry as it stands right now
2: oh boy i don't know um what do I like? You always know when you're interviewing Dirk, you get the moment of silence when he thinks. Him and Jeff Fortenberry are famous for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just,
0: Dirk, the Jeff Fortenberry Jeff, of the media.
2: Jeff and I have Jeff,
0: we have Jeff's a lot in common.
2: Hair. Jeff the hair, definitely.
1: <laughs> um I think I think uh it's I think most people would agree with this. It's pretty neat to uh to be able to see the industry evolve and find new ways to tell stories. Uh, and, and I would like to be part of that in the future. I would like to try to find ways to to tell stories um in ways that I haven't before. And so I think that's pretty cool to see it to sort of, you know, get fresh, you know, sort of whether it's whether it's uh, you know, some of the thirty for thirty stuff or the documentary stuff or you know, just podcasting in general. Like I'm a huge NBA podcast junkie and I, oh I listen God. to it at least. It, it, oh yeah, I know wow. it, I, at least so one, miserable. you know, it, at least one a day. And like, that's something that I wasn't doing five or 10 years ago. So I think that's exciting. Uh, I, I think if there's something that I'm concerned about, I mean, uh, there's lots of things I'm concerned <laughs> about, but, but I, I, I think just from a local standpoint, um, I I think that there are so many people who now cover it and yet almost everybody is, is kind of doing the same stuff. And, and I don't mean like radio, that's not what I mean. I, I just mean like, it's, it's gotten harder to, to distinguish oneself. Um, even, even with different genres, you know, it just, it feels like, we're all kind of saying variations of the same thing. And and I think I think maybe that's just a, a product of of oversaturation, but it, it just feels like it's harder to break away from the pack. Uh, and so I think that's something that, you know, I think if if the story gets more interesting, you will eventually, you know, see more distinction and in, in, in the voices around the story. Uh, but I think it's become a little bit monotonous. And I was certainly symptomatic of that uh, over the last few years. And And I, I think, you know, you go to a, I'll just, I'll just spell it out. You go to a, you go to a Nebraska football practice or press conference and, and there's essentially, you know, 40 people transcribing what someone says, you know, and it's like, All right. this is not, um
2: i don't know there's got to be a better way right so and and i i I wish the funny thing is dirk i'll watch the video and then i'll watch the tweets come in of people tweeting what just said that i'm that i actually have access to and i can actually watch
1: yeah no so
2: i i and you know
1: there's an obligation to cover there there's a there's a responsibility to cover um, you know, news or, or what we, what we identify as news. But I think, I think we, we do that at such a granular level that it just becomes heavily monotonous. Um, so yeah. I don't know how that changes, but, but I don't love that part of it.
2: Yeah. That's interesting. We were just having this conference at my, my program director and me, mayor, you know, we were having the conversation too about our newsroom. We have a small radio newsroom and like, and I said to him, I was like, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I don't, I'm interested in news, but I would never go to try and hit the top of the hour on radio for it. Right. And that's not to say, it's just there's, there's, it's, it's stuff I'm going to see other places before that. And it, it just goes along with sort of all of that changing and having a hard time setting yourself apart. Like, we were talking about like what would you know what you really need is maybe to do some just long in depth stuff and not top of the hour newscasts and because that's something that's not happening everywhere already. Um, but I think that gets a little bit to what you're saying too.
1: Yeah, and I, and I wanna I wanna make a point to say that like there are lots of exceptions to this. I mean, and and I mean, good God, Stan McEwen is so freaking talented. Like that guy is always writing things that you know, that nobody else is writing and, and, you know, there's other people in the market, pick your, pick your uh, medium, whether it's, you know, podcasts, radio, uh, TV. I mean, there's just, it's, it's, there's lots of good talent and lots of good stories. And and I'm not saying there's not, it just, I feel like we've, we've saturated this thing to a point where, uh, it, it just kind of creates an echo chamber. And, and I don't think that that's, I don't think that's best serving our audience, and I don't think that's uh, probably the best thing for everybody's creative juices either.
2: Mm-hmm. All right, Josh, should we wrap it? Yeah. Derek, this was awesome, was fun, man. Man. Oh, by the way, we had so many messages. I mean, uh, you probably haven't been looking at the messages, but like uh, Josh from, uh, from the chat, uh, he's a teacher at, Josh, hopefully I say it right, Omaha Brian, right? Uh, Benson. Benson? Benson, my bad, Benson. Benson. Yeah. Uh, but he uh, said that he got, no, I, I lost it. Oh, he said, I want, I want Dirk to know that I ordered a class set of 24th and Glory for my African-American history class next year. I'm sto- wow, that's cool. I'm stoked to have my students read it. Sorry I mislabeled your school, Josh. That's probably the rival, <laughs> so that probably wasn't very good. <laughs> all, I know, all I know is is Brian was the one team we beat in Lincoln East in 1995's football season. We were 1-0. Riley Jane Hamilton ranked us ninth in the state. We proceeded to lose eight games in a row. <laughs> 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 sorry josh that's my bad like 2019 nebraska yeah yeah but uh but uh yeah you should uh Dirk go through and read all of the there are if you want to a lot of comments a lot of people uh where's those. this where, where's this at i'd love to i'd love to engage with that it's uh i don't know do I, even, like, I think it's like the, even the upper right, right hand corner uh, oh the, god the upper oh, right god. corner of your phone there's yeah,
0: there's that, a lot of stuff like in there. There was Photoshop, Dirk, like all sorts oh, of things in there. We have a very all robust
2: right. audience, a very active audience. And I probably, feel bad, too, Dirk.
0: We, we, we took questions like we were asking questions. people. Yeah, we had we had questions from people. Um, well, here, let me ask this one. Uh, Josh wanted to know if you had a choice to sit down dinner between Bruce Springsteen and Jason Isbell <laughs> or Nebraska football and basketball having successful seasons in the same year. Which one would you choose? <laughs> that is awesome. That is yeah.
1: totally awesome. Um, well, assuming the dinner is, is just like a, you know, a very short period considering, uh, you know, the, the, the success of Nebraska basketball and football would last, you know, presumably for many months. Uh, I, I I think I would have to, I'd have to shun my hero, shun my musical heroes, uh, in, you know, on behalf of the, of the Huskers.
2: And they say Dirk hates Nebraska. You people are wrong. You're going against the stereotype. I love it, Dirk. Look at the new Dirk. It's the new Dirk, is what it is. He's not a
0: media member anymore. He doesn't like the boss anymore. That's how it rolls. Oh
1: my gosh, you guys! I I saw I saw Springsteen three times uh, in February. Oh my! Uh, I went. I went to Kansas city. I went to Tulsa and I went to Minneapolis. Oh and, uh, and the only reason I didn't go to more than that is because they were too far away. I was but say, how did you uh,
2: get away with that? Even? Holy
0: cow. Yeah. He doesn't have a job anymore. What do he you mean? Uh, He's
1: Bruce, Bruce, bru- Bruce handed, uh, handed my eight year old son a guitar pick, uh, in, in Minneapolis. Uh, so it was, a. Uh, Man, you guys, it's it's so good. Like, I, I realize that the Springsteen thing is such a cliche, but yes. what they're doing at what they're what they're doing at seventy three years old is unbelievable. I wish you could experience it. Hey, let me. I, I've not found a good way to do this, uh, where where it doesn't like come back and punch me in the face somehow. And and maybe this is a good way to do it. If if I was gonna throw a couple book ideas at you, oh. okay,
0: yeah, and I'm not.
1: I'm not saying I'm gonna do any of these. The 2010 okay? Nebraska but, but,
0: football team. Tell me more. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that.
1: <laughs> okay, so so one is is an Osborne Switzer book, like the history of Nebraska, Oklahoma. Okay. okay? Yes. Um, one would be the history of the 1984 Orange Bowl. Oh, so Miami, oh. Nebraska. Which, which I think is the greatest husker football game of all time and I think it's it's underrated in the history of the sport I think it changed college football in a lot of ways um one would be uh and, and you know I know this isn't gonna generate the same enthusiasm but nobody's ever done it one would be like uh essentially like a, a history of Nebraska volleyball book and I don't mean like husker volleyball I mean like you Know how the hell did volleyball become what it is in this state? Um, you know, and then and then you know, you could throw out some Polanyi and Callahan and stuff like that, but I don't really want to do that stuff. Is it does, does one of these things trip your trigger, or is there something that you think is just craving to be written that hasn't been written?
2: The I like the Orange Bowl, the Orange Bowl, that was the one that stuck awesome. out to me. I just feel like, yeah. maybe I. I and maybe I would change my mind after I read the Osborne Switzer book, but it just feels like I've heard it, and I probably haven't. But it feels like I've heard it all, right?
1: But nobody's ever nobody's ever written about.
2: I haven't read like, a book about it, but I've heard it all.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just and maybe it's pat. Maybe it's past time on that, right? Like these these things have sort of windows, right? Um, and I, I I wonder maybe that if Nebraska Oklahoma thing if the time has passed on that, but but I I never. As odd as it is, nobody ever wrote, nobody ever wrote a Nebraska Oklahoma book, which is odd to me, um, especially the the contrasting styles and personalities of those head coaches. Uh, and and by the way, it's the fifty year anniversary of of Osborne's first season and Switzer's first season, so oh gosh, uh, that would, that would be cool too. But um, yeah, I've I've the eighty four Orange Bowl thing is always I don't know I don't know if anybody would buy that, but man it's a uh, it's a really cool story the
0: angle dirk of it changing college football i think is i mean we we've done the two point conversion thing many many times but but i mean that's the beginning of you could dare we say modern college football began that night with what yep. the Miami hurricanes did and then everything that they represented moving forward
1: yeah you could probably make a similar case with you know uh integration in the late 60s and early 70s and you know i mean it's the. i always laugh at these things josh because it's like oh a documentary on 1964 the year that changed the world a documentary on 1971 (laughs) a year that changed the world it's like okay you know every year sort of changed the world uh so so i think similarly in college football you know we could probably pinpoint we could argue on behalf of lots of different turning points along the way but but uh but, yeah, Miami wasn't Miami until that night. And yeah.
0: um, the state of Florida wasn't the state of Florida until that night, really, yep. in terms of college yep. football
2: success. Yeah. Uh, I, I read, uh, did you read Armin Gataean's Big Red Confidential? He uh, yep. He had quite a bit on that. On, I on never that read that book.
0: I think it's, like, available, like, it's only used now, right?
2: I think I have a copy of it. Oh. I think I do, uh, if you ever want mm. to borrow it. I think I do. I can't remember. Actually, I might not. I
1: don't think I don't think, I don't think I don't think Nebraska was real uh no. <laughs> was real was real eag- eager to uh well, you know proliferate that. No,
2: no, it wasn't. And I read it when I was in high school. I read it right in, in like 93, 94. But I remember reading the part where there was talk about that Irving Fryer was throwing the game and dropped that pass. And I went back and I found a tape of the game and I went back and did my own Zapruder of the whole thing to figure out if I thought he dropped it.
0: <laughs> awesome.
2: Yeah. yeah, that's great. Oh yeah, and then the- and what was your, and, what, and what was your conclusion? You can't leave
1: us hanging like that.
2: Uh I First of all, it always this, I'm going to go to a rabbit hole here, but like it was the 90s at that <laughs> point and 80s receivers looked so weird already. Uh to me, and so three I 3-point stance? Like, yeah, 3-point stance. I, yeah, I chalked it I chalked it up I think the 80s awkwardness was my final decision. <laughs> Just like eight and now it's funny because Josh and I went through and we watched the '90s games again on, on and that looks club. weird too and and it looks hey. weird too. It's like they don't throw any passes where guys catch it while running in the '90s. That's weird. Yeah, it's
1: so it's, crazy. It, by the way, '80s awkwardness is also uh, how Jack attributed his seventh grade school picture. So uh, <laughs> there's 1990s, there's lots of wrong. things that
2: you're wrong. That was a uh, oh, Dave fight says I missed the Dirk and Jack conversation on Mondays on his show. Yeah, no, oh. Dirk was nice to do that. He did that for a lot of years. So that was, I missed it too. I didn't really prepare for him, and I didn't really ask you questions, which I know mm. uh, guests probably get pissed at me for. But you never seem to, so I appreciated that. I just Jack, said, I what just, I just what, said things that I wanted you to react. What, what is going on?
1: Yeah, what I felt like we spent most of the year just talking about Nebraska basketball. Uh, which I what? What are they doing? What are they doing?
2: Ooh. Uh, you, they're hoping Kasea comes back and and hoping he carries them um you know I don't know what I, mean, I don't know yet Dirk it's a little early to get that to get that down on the situation you got you got a big I know I just I, can't. I don't I mean I don't know for sure and I'm sure it'll end up being terrible but I'm just not ready to be sh- you know say it dis- like describe why it will be terrible yet yeah, Dirk you know, just, know how like I, earlier I
0: you guys were talking about like kids and how you're just like, I don't know how you do this. Like with continuing to like care about the football team. That's how I feel with everyone in Nebraska basketball. I'm blown <laughs> away that people can still put time and effort and feelings into that program. It, I, I just, I can't do it. It's so hard for me. Yeah.
2: But yeah, that was, I, I topic, get that, but we talked about it a lot. And Listen, once Dirk wrote the knee thing, the Danny knee thing. And I, by the way, I, Dirk did a live like interview with Bruce Chubbick and Bo Reed and I don't know a few of those other guys from that era over at Barry's. I remember Dirk, it was before the state basketball tournament one night, and I yeah. remember I was there, I was there uh, sitting at the bar watching a whole, that whole thing, and that was great. And so once you know, once we shared that much of that common experience, and I knew we did. Uh, that that's always my go-to with Dirk, no matter what it always is. For, uh, he seems, he gets me when it comes to Nebraska basketball. Team. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So that's good. Yeah. It's uh. so, so if, if, if Nebraska
1: football in the nineties was Springsteen, you know, everybody knew about him and everything. Uh, uh, Nebraska basketball was, was more of the Jason Isbell, a yeah. little bit more of a niche, uh, mm, hip, you know, Hipster. I was, I was, yeah. yeah so Isbell was that he was at the Orpheum last night and I went, and I'm like looking around and my wife's like, why are you looking around so much? I'm like, because if I see somebody here, I know it says something about them that they're here. Uh, so, so I'm trying to, you know,
0: Josh says that I saw you there. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. Josh,
2: the teacher who uh, to Yeah, yeah. Josh, the teacher. There. So that tells me. Oh, what that's funny. About. Yeah. Cool.
0: That's awesome. Hey,
1: a, lot of,
2: a lot of plaid, a lot of facial hair, you guys. Um. Oh, God, I bet. Yeah, Nebraska basketball was the yeah, – you feel like you went through – like I was in on the band before they were cool, right? That's that's, that's yes. the feeling with Nebraska basketball. Like I can drop Danny knee i when when Dirk's writing long think pieces about like Clifford Scales, I'm the one who knows what he's talking about because I had the first album. <laughs> yeah. And and Kellen, Kellen on the uh, on the chat too for the Nebraska ball podcast as well. All right, uh, let's uh, be respectful. All right, uh, guys. uh, That uh, was fun. That was uh, Dirk. Thank you, man. This was
0: awesome. You're welcome, guys.
2: Hopefully,
1: hopefully, hopefully, I didn't bring you down too much. Uh, I will keep enjoying the show.
2: No, you, make Kirk. sure and read the chat. you got a lot of people writing to you, too, if you can figure out how to do it, you idiot. If not, I'll send you a transcript.
1: <laughs> I, still can't, I, still can't, I still can't figure it out.
2: can't any freaking Christmas. All uh, right, I'll copy it and send it to you.
0: So we'll be back on Saturday. Saturday morning coffee show. Uh, are we putting this out, Jack, on the free feed? Should we tell people to subscribe? I don't know. What patron. do you think? What would be the best? Dirk, what do, you to want to, do you want to keep this behind a paywall, or do you want this out for the uh, public to hear?
2: Or do you hear? not care at all? Yeah, Do you, yeah, well, you decide.
1: First of all, I don't. I think you're overrating the public's interest in in an interview with me. Uh, but but uh, considering, uh, yeah, I mean, free is always better, right? So all free right. is always better.
0: All right, I, I'm going to say this, Jack. This is the best podcast we've ever done. Dirk, you are a fantastic guest. If you've listened to this and you're like, wow, I wish that I could listen to this content as good as this. Well, it might not be as good as this every time, but it's still very good. Patreon.com slash ID Club. Join us today for as low as $3
2: a month. And I'd just like to say it's my second favorite podcast, second uh. behind the one where Mike Schaefer's mic was fa- failing the <laughs> entire time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was rough. Uh, that all was right. Rough. All right. See y'all later. We'll see you Saturday morning. Bye-bye.